Welcome to our networking podcast series. The bio for my guest today reads like an excerpt from the technology world's who's who. Currently the global business operations leader at Facebook, she has also commanded key line positions at Apple, Intel, McAfee and Cisco. She was named in the Silicon Valley Business Journal Women of Influence list for 2020 and also happens to be the sister of one of our business tutors at Pearson College. Suzanne Rice, a huge welcome to the virtual studio. Thank you so much, Lisa. I'm so excited to be here and thank you so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Well, I'm so looking forward to to hearing from you, Suzanne. So um, firstly, I am particularly grateful as you've interrupted your breakfast uh, to do this podcast. I have my coffee, so I'm good. Oh, coffee. Good. Thank goodness for that. Um, I just like to say it is four o'clock in the afternoon um, in the UK. Um, Because you are currently based in Silicon Valley, having moved uh, there from Cork. Suzanne, what enticed you away from the Emerald Isle? So I guess a couple of things. The, the first and foremost, um, my partner at the time and subsequently became my husband and I had decided that we were going to go somewhere. Now, somewhere was either South Africa, Australia, were the p- different places that we were looking at. And um, I ended up winning my green card in the lottery, which I know people <laughs> think is uh, is some sort of like crazy, crazy thing. But it actually happened and it happened to me. So I was very fortunate. So won the green card in the um, lottery and decided, right, let's go. So we packed our uh, six tea chests full of belongings and got them shipped um, uh, from Cork port um, and came to America and literally picked a place out on the map of where we're actually going to go, which was uh, scary, but it was probably the right thing to do because both of us had been to the East Coast and West Coast before and we hadn't been anywhere else. So we ended up firstly in Austin, Texas, which if anybody gets the opportunity to visit Austin, one of the best cities ever. Um, so landed in Austin and then uh, began the task of looking for a job. Um, so I ended up uh, to tide me over. I got a waitressing job in a restaurant called the Olive Garden, which I haven't been back to since, um, which is not reflective on the food of the Olive Garden. It's just a bit of an odd place. But anyway, so um, waitress there for the summer and then got what I just you know call a real job um, actually with the local government. So it was quite interesting at that point. Um, and subsequent to that, my husband arrived at the end of the summer and he got a job in electronics in Motorola in Austin. Goodness, what an amazing story and a real um, show of bravery, I think, really, that massive step into the unknown. But um, looking at you now, it seems to have definitely paid off. Um, I do know that that's not the first time that you'd worked in the hospitality industry. Um, And I understand that working in a pub when you were 12, I think, um, made quite an impact on you in future decisions. So what was it about working in the pub that proved to be so useful? Well, it, it was interesting. Um, well, first of all, I've always wanted to work, just in case anybody thinks that I was in some sort of slave <laughs> uh, family, you know. Um, but um, uh, I, I, always, I always wanted to work. I always wanted to be independent. I wanted to have my own money. Um, so I got an opportunity to work um, in a pub uh, when I was 12. And it was, um, it was super interesting because I was actually quite introverted and shy as a child, which is hard to believe now but I actually was so you know standing behind a pub where you have to talk to people Mm. on the other side of the counter and you have to do you know that type of thing um was actually quite interesting and at the time you know it was awkward and tedious and annoying but looking back on it it actually helped 
um, in terms of my ability probably to speak to people from all walks of life because certainly yeah. in the pub you got a good cross section. So um, I I feel that that was um, that was something that I look back on in terms of the right thing to do. Interesting. So that sort of leads on to the topic of sort of transferable skills, doesn't it really? And and I know you you started your career in academia with an undergraduate degree in law and politics, politics I believe, followed then by yep. a master's. Yep. So I'm hoping there will be some students listening to this. So how did you apply with the subject of transferable skills? How did you apply yep. the principles of what you learned in your academic studies to real life business? Yeah, so um, I certainly had been on more of an academic path and was actually on track to or started my PhD um, and switched to an MBA, which was a whole set of other circumstances, which uh, we won't talk about now. But <laughs> it was um, it certainly wasn't the path that I was going down. But where I ended up doing the MBA was um, I, I continued to work in pubs after age 12 through <laughs> college. So um ended up working in a pub with a woman who I'd worked with previously and then she was opening a new pub and um she asked me to to come and help her because I needed to take a couple of months off um which I did and because it was a new pub we had no sense of like how many kegs we needed mm. how many crates of mixers we needed how many bottles of liquor that we needed um so unbeknownst to myself I actually quickly began to learn about supply chain Interesting. and we have um in Cork we have the Guinness Jazz Festival which is on the October Bank Holiday weekend each year um and that was fairly close to the time that we'd opened the pub so the profile of the people that came in for the jazz festival are completely different to the profile that we had previously mm. so understanding you know what that demand was going to be and what was who was going to drink what and so forth we got it completely wrong in the sense we had to return a lot of cakes after the jazz weekend but again it was like mm, okay so we have we had very the other thing was a very small amount of storage space so you had to get that right yeah. like how many cakes do you think that you're going to need how many mixers do you think you need to need and we actually started to do food at lunchtime similar type of thing um you know pretty small kitchen not a lot of storage space so what are the big sellers going to be what do you go to the local supermarket to buy versus you go to the cash and carry to buy um so it's sort of it i didn't realize it at the time but looking mm. back i learned a lot mm. uh, from that um and i would say that if you think about um like my my own kids worked in ice cream shops here last yeah. summer um uh, over by the beach um and one of them is uh, 15, Ethan's 15 and Elise is 18. And, you know, while it was an ice cream shop job, if you talk mm. to Elise now, she's doing her degree in commerce in Galway, actually. She went back to Ireland to go to university. Um, and she talks about, you know, she became shift lead and she had mm. to open up. She had to make sure that the, yeah. you know, the, the cash balance was right in the till. She had to make sure that the right amount of um, um, ice creams were there. They had flavor of the week. Similar type of thing. She doesn't mm. realize it, but she's mm. actually learning mm. a lot at the moment. And that's where I encourage everybody to go out and get a job. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the job is. You can be a shelf technician in yeah. Tesco. Okay, so what are you doing in terms of stock rotation? Yeah. Why do you have to move the bottles front? Um, where are the bottles placed? So the, the, you know, the bottle and the stock rotation may be supply chain management. But from a marketing perspective, where are those bottles or packages yeah. placed on the shelves? Are they at eye level or are they, are they below? Is the 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 company giving Tesco some money to put them at eye level so that more people buy them just think mm, about the mm. as mundane as the job may be think about what you're learning and what are those, those transferable skills and I mean we say this to 
I mean, it is said to students all the time, you know, the number one recruitment priority for employers is um, professional experience. And it's not just because they want to know that someone can hold down a job. It's because of the transferable skills that you learn what, as you say, it doesn't really matter what job you've done. And it's not just about Mm -hmm. the discipline of turning up to work on time and being Mm -hmm. reliable. It's, as you say, those skills that you are learning that actually are going to be useful um, in later life, irrespective of what you're doing. So... Um, yeah, and I wouldn't underestimate the turning up on time in either, mm, because if yeah. you show to somebody that yeah. you, you can work and you've worked yeah. for one or two years in the same type of, if I'm looking at a resume or yes. a CV and I see that somebody has worked part time yes. for two years with yes. the same place, that catches my attention because Absolutely. that shows that you've got a commitment. And the same thing with the, your degree, like getting through your degree, getting it done, getting it finished. That shows, you know, you just you've got skin in the game, you've yeah. got grit, you're going to finish it off. Yeah. So don't underestimate those skills. No, I, I completely agree. And it's so lovely hearing you say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I just want to change the, the, the topic a little bit. Um, I uh, as an English and French um, graduate, I do, I'm afraid to say, um, admit to still being a little bit scared of technology and data. Um, and I notice you're a, both a mentor and advocate for girls in technology. Um, So I just wondered what advice would you give even people like me um, so that we can perhaps be more comfortable with technology and data specifically? Mm-hmm. So I guess the the most important thing that I would tell anybody is don't be afraid of it. And I think when because I'd been on this early academic track and then went and did um, the MBA, when I started working, um, I just worked very briefly in Ireland, but um uh, the, I actually worked for Fife's, the banana company, would you believe? Um, but um, when I, I worked for them, I had the technology, I was on the business side and I was working a project with the technology guys. And they would say things like, oh, you wouldn't understand that. It's too complicated. And, you yeah. know, they, initially, I'd say for about half a second, I might have believed them. And then I'm like, no, hold on, hold on now a minute. <laughs> I don't think so. So um, it, it actually caused me to do a postgrad in computer science to sort of wow. really understand what's, you know, what's what here. Um, it's not that complicated. It's really not. And it, it does take logical thinking. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, you sort of have to apply yourself in that perspective. But I certainly wouldn't say that it's complicated. Now, I don't code, for example, like I can't mm. I, I just have no interest in coding and it's something that I was never any good at so I don't focus in that area I am pretty good from a systems analysis and design perspective from a business information systems perspective Mm. I get those component parts of putting them together I always think about things as a jigsaw puzzle so you know how do I put those jigsaw puzzle pieces together and that's something that is um you know it allows my brain to get around it um, some of the um, the organizations that I'm involved with here, there's one in particular, the Girls Leadership Academy Meetup, which is eight to 12 year olds, <clears throat> excuse me, who have had their own startups. Now, if you want to be intimidated by wow. anybody, meet eight the to eight to 12 year olds who have their own startups and they do have their startups and they I mean, they're pretty serious about it. Um, so I, I actually really enjoy working with them. They're great, great young ladies. But one of the main things that um I find is that they they actually they, they although they're very deep from a technology perspective they sometimes don't have other skills in terms of being able to interact with people mm. really confidently and mm. um one of the things that we have a, a meet up uh, once a year um, and one of the things that I get them to do when I, I talk to them about leadership is to actually stand up and pretend they have a book on their head and walk around the room yeah. with this and to shake hands with people and look people in the eyes right pre-covid when we could touch each other yes. but um but you know shake hands and look at each other in the eyes and so forth and that's not necessarily 
necessarily a skill that they would have developed in their mm. young years, but mm. a skill that they would have developed, but yet is critically important if they are serious about continuing the startup, you know. Yeah. So it's it has to be a balance. It, yes. it can't just be technology and nothing else. You mm. need to figure out what that balance yes. is, because at the end of the day, we're all humans. Yes, so. balance being the operative word, if you can keep that book on your head. Yes, yes, <laughs> um, yes, yes. Great. So I, my takeaway is that I'm going to see, I love jigsaw puzzles. I'm now going to see data as a jigsaw puzzle or pieces of data, jigsaw all puzzle. All data is, a, and, and generally, if I'm doing a jigsaw puzzle, I do the outside pieces first. Absolutely. Always, yes. always have. So, Absolutely. you know, once you have line. your frame, the rest of it goes in. <laughs> exactly. Um, so more generally, with your, I suppose, with your mentor to females hat on, um, what are the things that you that have helped you to find uh, the success that you so obviously enjoy today? Um, I guess there's a couple of different things. First of all, I'm very much um, here is the reason that you can do something versus the reason that you can't do something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think if you start with that frame of mind, it's it, it, yeah. it changes things, you know, so I certainly would recommend that. Um, also, just it, and this is really easy to say, and I'm not sure that I've actually mastered this myself, but have confidence in yourself. Um, the I had a number of years ago, I had somebody um, who I had worked for and uh, then I wanted to take another role Um ended up getting this role <clears throat> that I didn't apply for like somebody just decided they should give it to me and I was convinced that I didn't know what I was doing I had mm. absolutely no idea what skill set they were looking for and that I was going to fail miserably um so this this person that I'd worked with for before came to me and he's like don't be ridiculous so he sort of broke it into its component parts and said you know like the do you understand something about systems do you understand the what a booking is do you understand what an invoice is do you understand how revenue works yeah I understand all of those pieces mm. and he's like you'll be fine you'll be good mm. and it's it's it was a good lesson for me that you know like just think about the skill set that you have and how can you apply that to the situation versus thinking about oh they're looking for all these things and it's all gobbledygook and, mm. and I really don't understand what they're talking about um and draw on the experiences that you've had draw on the holiday jobs draw on mm. the babysitting jobs so whatever that is draw on the experience base that you have to apply it in practical terms and generally, that'll get you about 80% of the way anyway. And the rest of it, you can fake it till you make it. <laughs> so it's not about imposter syndrome. It actually just comes back to jigsaws. It's just all about the It's pieces. jigsaws. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Suzanne, if we can just finish off, um, if you don't mind, with just some quick fire questions. So yeah. um, what do you miss most about Ireland? Murphy's on draft. <laughs> uh, biggest difference between the Irish and the Americans? Um, it, it, I would say that the education system in America is very different. Um, it's much more project based, much more collaborative based. So if I look at my kids versus my nieces and nephews, my nieces and nephews are probably a lot more academic than my pair. Um, but my pair have been brought up to work collaboratively every day in the classroom to give presentations. So they come across at an earlier age with a higher confidence level which balances itself out over time no doubt about that once they get out of college it's mm. fine but those that of earlier ages um seem to have more confidence interesting so. thank you uh <laughs> predominant emotions during the recent u.s elections god it was a roller coaster <laughs> it was a roller coaster um i think the uh, once the um the results were in and I took it as the, the first night of the, the vote, but, you know, it took a couple of weeks to really get it sorted out. 
it was a sense of relief, just mm. huge, huge relief mm. because mm. The, we didn't actually realize what the previous four years had been like, mm. but it was every day there was something more ridiculous than mm. the previous day going on. And that just does actually grind you down after yes. a while. Yeah. So a great sense of relief. Um, very happy for the new, um, uh, um, the, our new president and our new vice president. Very happy that a woman yes. is in as Absolutely. vice president and a woman of color, which is, yep. you know, very, very unusual. So um, mm. relief and joy. Fantastic. And finally, um, I do ask this a few times because I just I think it's a brilliant, brilliant um, way of revealing <laughs> something. But what does your boss not know about you that he should? Well, it's interesting because my boss actually only started last Monday. So he hasn't ah, met me yet. He doesn't so. know anything about you. <laughs> he doesn't know anything about me. <laughs> However, um, the I would say any boss, um, what they should know about me is that I get bored very easily. I have the attention span of a gnat. And ah. once I get bored, then I move ah. on to something else. Ooh. So there's uh, the, the same mentor that helped me to think through that job said to me every 18 months as as my boss, his advice is every 18 months figure out that she's going to get bored and she's going to want to do something different, oh. whether she knows it herself or not. So right. it's, uh, I should probably share that with them, shouldn't okay. I? Okay. <laughs> New boss, take note. Suzanne, New boss, take note. Yeah. on that note, um, it's not it's been 18 months, but it's also in almost 18 minutes. So um, I've so enjoyed speaking to you. I better quickly, quickly bring this to a close. Thank you so much for your time um, and, and have a nice breakfast. Yes. Thank you for the opportunity, Lisa. Thank you. 